0: Hey, you're listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs. And today uh, I am actually going to be sitting down with someone. The last couple of weeks I've been doing commentary over the sermons, but this week I'll be sitting down with truly one of my best friends and uh, co workers, and that is Brighton Schmidt. So we will just hop in and I hope you enjoy. Brighton, thank you for jumping on the podcast, dude.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Tim. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege.
0: Yeah, so true Um, I want to get started by talking about who you are So uh, I have all kinds of stories But um, I want the listeners to kind of have a grasp See a little window into who you are Basically, I'll, I'll set it up Brighton jumped on basically at this time last year Which was a super weird time um, for him to jump on, not a conventional time to jump on as a pastor, because I mean we were in the thick of COVID. So you kind of jumped on part time till you graduated, and then went full time. And we're helping with the youth because we had lost one of our um, uh, youth pastors, David Bond, and that's right, yeah. And you replaced him, and um, and we love David, we miss him. But uh, anyway, um, we want to hear more about you. So talk a little bit about just who you are, kind of your journey to become a pastor at BSC.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I will say last year was a very weird year to start. Uh, I actually remember the, I was part-time and I remember the Wednesday night and this whole COVID thing started like coming out, and we were like, "Oh, I guess we need to do something." So we like bought some Germex, and we were just hitting people with Germex as they came in the door. You know, like we thought that was the thing to do. And that Wednesday night, uh, the youth had left. You were actually preaching, and I was behind with Casey and Kate and some other youth volunteers and uh, the NBA. The Thunder game got canceled. Um, I think that's when Trump closed the borders. I don't know, everything just went crazy. And we were saying bye to the kids, like, see you next week. And then literally I just saw some of those kids for the first time last week it had been a year since i've seen a lot of those kids and it was
0: crazy so i remember so i actually wasn't preaching that night i had eric smith who i've had on the beyond podcast that's right because he yeah it was gonna be weird if he was gonna get back or not yeah he was nervous whether he was gonna get back or not and it's just so crazy to think through the night we are like we didn't you did not expect because next the next week was actually spring break so we knew that we were gonna have a week off and uh but, we did not know that was gonna be the last night. Which yeah, it is went crazy.
1: Zero to one hundred real quick. Yeah,
0: so. So, so you jumped on, but um tell us a little about where you went to school and that kind of stuff.
1: That's right. So uh, I've grown up kind of at BFC my whole life, Uh, went away for just a little bit, but found my way back Um, in about middle school, early high school, got really involved in BFC. So been around here my whole life, went to Bethany. uh, Then I graduated from Bethany, went to SNU, uh, international business major. Um, Felt like a call from God to do something big for God. I always felt a pull towards that. Um, Never knew that it would be in the church. In fact, I probably would have preferred it to be outside of the church in early college. Um, and so it was just throughout college, working at different summer camps and volunteering with the youth and, and doing mission trips, doing sports camps for kids, and through all these things that I just kind of realized that I just have a, a a passion for youth ministry and a real passion for BFC and and God just opened a door for me to uh, come be a pastor here. And so it's been uh, amazing. And so my calling, I guess you would say. Um, it is a little different than than a lot of people's um, again I, I majored in business I wasn't a theology major or anything like that and, and it wasn't until just recently I felt a call to be a youth pastor in the church so uh, but I just love it it's a dream job for me and and I love every. I wake up every day excited to go to work so it's it's an awesome situation for me
0: yeah that's great um, I remember when i first met you so i had came to bfc we came back and i was working at bfc now and uh, I was kind of one of the college pastors with Jake as he was transitioning into some other roles. And I remember him being like, "You're gonna, you're gonna love Brighton. You're gonna have a lot of fun with him." And uh, I'm gonna be honest, people say that stuff a lot, so you're kind of <laughs> like, "All right, you know, let's just see," you know. And uh, sure enough, we really, we really hit it off and uh, became great friends. And literally, have had portions in our life where. I think I probably see you and hang around you more than I probably see my own wife. Yeah, true. Um, and so we made a lot of jokes because, you know, we got our we have a little side hustle because we got to figure out how to pay college dad off, and uh, so that's where Bright and I started spending a lot of time together, and then he just always was volunteering at the church and helping, and then once you got hired on to the church, it was like we are literally everything we do is together, is together. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's it's, right. It been an absolute treat.
1: I agree. It's a lot of fun. And I forgot to mention, you know, you have been a big um, influence in my life to be a pastor too as well. So, I mean, you had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of conversations about it and a lot of, you know, you had a lot of pool and that... um, situation so you are also an influence of why i'm here today. it helped that what your
0: grandparents were paying me to guide you that's in that right direction. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well and we just we have fun um some of the best lives i really think so thankful for it and uh it's like when paul says when i think about you uh, I'm thankful so um, that's good and the other thing I'm really excited about is you're getting married and I'm doing the wedding Yep. and so um, that is so one of the things confession time like I'm not a huge crier but whenever I have to talk sincerely about Brighton I start crying, and I think it's because I've molded and shaped him, you That's know, right. um, yeah. in a way. But uh, so the wedding, I'm just like, man, what is it going to be like? It might be one of those days where you have so much energy and adrenaline that maybe I don't cry. Yeah, you, know, you just kind of make it happen. Um, so, okay, let's get into it. People are like, are you going to talk about yeah, Jesus? I just keep talking <laughs> about each other the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now that I think of it, Brighton, I just love your smile. I just think um, – but anyway, so we t- – to this message, I think – when I was listening to it and knew that I was going to have you on the podcast, I was like, man, this this is a lot of Brighton, and so I thought it couldn't be more perfect, because if you don't really know him, I think he does live some of this stuff out so well, a lot better than me. Um, I definitely am probably a little bit Brighton and I are both sevens on the Enneagram, if you've heard of that, mm-hmm. but you can lean towards the other sides of it so there's the eight which is kind of the challenger a little bit more aggressive type person and then there's the six which i don't really know much about
1: the six it's like the it's called the loyalist and so someone who's I know, loyal, I guess. And usually
0: a little bit more patient and, mm-hmm. and calm and stuff. And so I'm a seven and I lean into my eightness and Brighton's a seven and he leans into his sixness. And all it is, it's just kinda of personality, you know yeah. types to kind of describe who you are. And so uh Brighton's definitely the more calm of the two of us. But anyway, Pastor Rick uh, got us going this week, continuing through our Audacious Faith series. I believe it might have been the last sermon of the series. But this one was trusting God with your future, and it deals specifically with how, how do people know that we're Christians? Um, and he kind of opened up, living like Jesus takes a lot of faith, an audacious faith. And he actually tells a story about an atheist who wrote a paper and said, Hey, I'm not trying to tell you what to believe. I'm just saying, ultimately, that if, if your life is 90% similar to my life, um, then then why would I want to be like you? Right. And in fact, it seems like maybe you're trying to be like me. And uh, so Jesus kind of talks about that. I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that before I move on to the next part?
1: Uh, y- yeah, I mean, well, it reminds me of the uh, verse in Matthew, Matthew five, forty six through 47. Let me find it real quick. Um, searching on my Bible app. Five forty six.
0: Part of the Sermon on the Mount, if I'm correct.
1: That sounds right. So it says if you love those who love you, what reward what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? And so that's what it kinda reminds me of is like, yeah, like why would you know, if an atheist is like, Man, these people, they're not really any different at all. Like, you know, like if they're just loving the people that they know, like literally everybody does that, you know? And so like, it's just this idea that we're called to such a different countercultural lifestyle that Jesus lives, you know? And it's, it's gotta be so different. Like this is where we look different. We love people that are so different than us. We love people that um, the world would say we, sh- we shouldn't love. Like somebody slaps you in the face and you're like, Hey, slap, slap me right. You know, slap me again. You know, like, I mean, it's this crazy kind of love that Jesus lives and that's what makes us different than just a normal person who does, good things you know
0: yeah the standard is higher i say that a lot to people like following jesus can be for everyone it is a higher standard and actually one that we often can't live up to and that's the whole point of Mm -hmm. we leaning into who jesus is the presence of jesus uh i heard a pastor say you know i love the things that jesus does but i want to be you know fully in love with who he is. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, that's what allows us to come out the other side. So uh, one of the things that I love that Pastor Rick said was that people who are not like Jesus loved hanging around Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that goes to this part of where the atheist writer is kind of like, you know, are are people drawn to you? And Rick kind of hits on that. And so I just want to say, you know, that I feel like that is you. A lot of people uh, like being around you who aren't like you. You make the room light up, and uh, you can make it easy for people to feel loved and accepted. Like, we just kind of almost jokingly talk about how you truly look for maybe maybe the odd person out, this person who's maybe alone or in a corner or something. Like, you're so good at making people um, just feel accepted. Do you think that's something
1: that you think about consciously or it's just something that you do. Uh well first of all thank you Tim, I'm blushing. Very kind words. And um I don't know. I don't know if it's I think that God's just given me and it sounds so braggadocious but I guess this is what we're talking about. So I guess God has just well, given me a spiritual me, gift too. Yeah. yeah, God's just given me um eyes and a heart to find that person, you know, like that, like if they're feeling left out, like that sucks, you know, like they should be loved on, you know? And so I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and we were talking about this the other day about how, um, when you spend time with, when you spend time with God, you're going to become more like God. And so I think, um, just from a younger age, I think I was just blessed that God just kind of, God just pulled me in. He just really did. I couldn't, I can't explain it. He just gave me a passion for him. And so I, I, read the word a lot and stuff like that. And so we just kind of growing up. I think eventually you just kind of start to become more like Jesus the more. You spend time with him, you know, very simple. But I think just through that God's given, you know, me eyes to, to look for the people on the fringes and, and go and try and, and bring them in.
0: Yeah. You know? the, so the most basic way of explaining right. that is, is our faith and our relationship with Jesus drives our personality and our yeah, actions. Yeah, so exactly. um, I, I think that's so good. And so part of what he's talking about, is, you know, this one way that we treat life differently. And I think that it's relevant, especially in our culture today and and has been throughout all of history. So when I say that, it's like, you know, all the time. But, like, Jesus never lashed back. He, he trusted God to sort everything out, you know, whether they're mocking him or even when he's getting, you know, crucified on the cross, he literally says, forgive them for they not know what they do. And, um, uh, Pastor Rick tells us a story about a little girl who who gets hit, runs to her mom, says, this boy hit me. It was like a family hangout.
1: Yeah. That story cracks me up. (laughs) Yeah. And the
0: mom is like hitting back. And the other mom is like, well, I think I can discipline him. And it becomes this huge, odd, you know, awkward moment. I loved how Rick was like, we all started to stare at the the carpet. carpet." Yeah. So interesting. (laughs) I was like, man, that's so true. And so Jesus, um, truly was someone who, who turned the other cheek and, uh, taught that and that in those situations when someone mistreats us or you know whatever like we really are to you know back off and not lash back out one of the things that I think about that's always hard is knowing okay where is kind of the line though when do you leave a situation where you are getting constantly mistreated and abused and maybe you can take some actions just to at least get away from it and to work through forgiveness, you know? Um, I don't know, you, you have some notes, but what are some of the things that kind of came to your mind as he was preaching that part of his sermon?
1: Yeah, I, I wrote down what he said, um, wrote what Rick said. He said, no matter what the person's attitude or intentions are, it doesn't alter our behavior. We respond in love and kindness every time, no matter what, you know? And I think sometimes love and kindness is walking away you know like if 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 somebody is just being horrible there is a point where you you know you have you do stand and all of this is standing up for yourself you know like this doesn't mean um that you're uh a coward you know and you just continue to get slapped on each and every cheek you know you talked about meekness not too long ago and what was the thing about the sword you know like uh I don't remember what it is exactly, but I thought it was perfect, and I thought it explains this situation perfectly.
0: Yeah, it it was a pretty good sermon, Brian. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, um, Basically, um, a a meek person is, is not a weak person, and that a meek person is actually someone who has a sword Knows how to use it, but chooses to keep it sheathed. Right, and yes. so in those moments, you're you're actually you you're in control of your emotions, your mm-hmm. actions, and you don't just respond, react. You right,
1: know? exactly. And I think that's exactly it. You know, and and I think that's part of showing love and kindness every single time, no matter what. You know, and, and that's just it's so it's it's such backwards thinking to the world. You know, like we are we're so an eye for an eye. You know, and that's just. How the world is, but Jesus calls us to live completely different from that, you know, and that's what makes a Jesus follower different. That's what made Jesus different.
0: Yeah, so he he says, you know, no, no matter the motive, we respond with love, kindness, and generosity. And the story he shared was actually of, you know, um, a panhandler where he had this moment where— he gave him some money and some water and, and even felt like he wished he could do more, you know. And mm-hmm. I think we all always find ourselves in those situations. What do we do, you know, because um, clearly there's someone in need, whether it's it's deeper and it's a psychological need or it's just they lost their job or whatever. We always – that that's a still a human being that God loves, and we're always kind of trapped, like, well, do I do this? And basically his response was, hey, we – this is how we respond no matter what. You just said it, and I think that's good. It reminded me of, and it, this was a friend of mine, but when we were in high school, he got a speeding ticket. And uh, it was his second or third one. And so he calls me, and he's and we were good friends, but we weren't like best friends yet. And he basically was just like, uh, hey, I can't tell my parents, which isn't what I would tell everyone to do. But he's like, I can't tell my parents um, would you be able to lend me? I think it was like $200 or something. And uh, he's like, to pay this and I'll pay you back. And I thought about it for a couple of days. And, and I literally just got to this place of like, hey, you know, if I give him $200, I'm not coming after his kneecaps with a baseball bat. You right. know, like I'm going to pretend that I'll never see that $200 again. And it was kind of a pivotal moment in our friendship because that's where truly, I mean, he began to reward me 10 times over. I mean, he paid me back and then he would buy me video games and he'd buy my dinner and, and he's literally bought my plane ticket back to Florida before, since I've lived here. And like, he's just always so involved in our life. I mean, they sent us incredible, um, baby gifts, you know, for our baby and, um, just so many amazing things. And, uh, they, he and his wife now, but he was just someone that, in the beginning I made the decision to say, Hey, no matter what, like this is how I'm going to give. And it, it turned out now that's not always the case, but I, either way I was prepared, you know? Right. And so I think that that is how God calls us to live. Yeah.
1: I think Rick said, uh, what does it mean to love God, um, in this moment and to love that person in this moment, you know? And it's, so it's kind of this, Moment by moment thing, person by person, in this moment, what is the best way to love God and to love others in every single moment, you know? And that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: um, the other, he, he starts coming to a close. He starts to land in the plane. And uh, he, he brings up this fact that he lives in a hurry. Rick lives in a hurry. And I was like, amen. Um, I can get that. Like, that's definitely me. Like, I, I walk fast. I do everything kind of fast, you know. Even um, even with us, I was laughing. I don't know if you remember. We went to a store a couple of days ago, and I was, like, 20 feet ahead of you just yeah. walking. Through, and I was literally like, why am I walking so far? Like, <laughs> But I'm like, it's just how I walk. Like, yeah. I don't know, you know. Like, But why do I feel like I'm in a hurry? And he says that the early church, of all the things that they needed to work on and learn, the first thing that they really started to write about and desired to lean into was patience and that's because all of things that we talked about in this sermon and we've just kind of brought up again requires patience Mm -hmm. the the ability to trust that hey god is working it out and basically for jesus the trust that god is in control then should drive us to live a life of patience you know um, and so that's what I just love because that's something that I want to be better at. It's a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. It is what love is, uh, according to first Corinthians 13. And so it is something that we should be living into. We don't have to have control of all situations or live in a hurry. We can live patiently.
1: Right. And that's why I really loved this sermon because it was so good for me to hear. So relatable for me because, um, this being patient and trust thing is is really hard for me. I feel like sometimes I nail it. I feel like sometimes I'm doing really good with it, and then sometimes I am not doing good with it. If I've got something hard going on in my life, I've, I can find myself day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, just constantly thinking about it and just letting the worry and the fear and the anxiety just overwhelm my thought process, and it, and it wears you out. You know, like it, it zaps you every energy and, and that's not how we should live. And I love the way Rick started this whole message. He pretty much started and was like, Hey, God wants us to live our best possible life. And I was like, yeah, he does. That's awesome. And this is part of it. Like we cannot live in constant worry in constant fear and live our best possible life. Like that's just, that's not how, that's not how it's supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I just thought, I thought it was so good. Do you know what the most frequent command in the Bible is, Tim? do not fear do not fear do not worry fear not do not be afraid it says it like over 370 something times i mean and i'm just like man like that's the most frequent that's what god and jesus tells us the most throughout his entire word is not to worry not to worry and i'm like man that is that is really good and it's all it's all about trust you're if you can trust god the living God, the one who created the whole earth, you know, the one who created you, the one who cares about you deeply, if you can trust that God, then we shouldn't worry. You know, we've got God on our side. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I, and I love that this was in the audacious faith series. Casey and I are reading this book with some high schoolers. Um, and it gave this awesome definition of faith that I've never heard before, but I'm like, yeah, this is, this is faith, you know? Um, and it says, that's faith, by the way, triggering grace by taking God at his word, latching onto the words that come from his mouth, no ifs, ands, or buts, based on believing something, and that's God God's promises. I love that. Taking God at his word. Like, are we going to really take God at his word and believe what God tells us? Like, are we going to believe God's promises? And, and that's faith. If we can actually trust God and believe, you know, what God says, then we have faith and we can trust in Jesus and we don't have, we don't have to worry, you know, and that doesn't mean it's easy. Like I, like I said, I feel like there's seasons where I do good at trusting God and, and giving it all to God and all that. And then there's seasons where I just let the worry dominate me, you know, and take control over my brain. Um, but trusting God is, is what it's all about. And that is audacious faith. And that's how we can live our best possible life. I just, I thought that was awesome
0: yeah and i think so matthew six thirty ish around there um that's where jesus says hey what why are you worried about this stuff you know mm-hmm. the birds eat the fields are clothed uh and doesn't your father love you so much more and that we shouldn't worry and that's always been such a favorite passage of mine um and i think that so I think it's interesting, because um, we'll wrap it up here soon, but you and I, were young, and um, we, we love that we are in a community where we can learn from people who are more experienced than us, further down the road than us, um, but then we also, uh, what is it, like each one teach one type of thing, like we have people that we're leading, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that's something... One of the trends that I'm seeing, I feel like, in college age or high school age, is is worry coming out in like nervousness and like anxiousness, you know. And um, one of the things, so for instance, uh, Emma's pregnant, my wife, and she's about six months pregnant, and everyone's like, "Are you getting, you know, are you getting nervous? Are you are you getting restless? Are you ready for it to be here?" And I was like, "I really am." From the beginning that I knew she was pregnant, I have been. I just want to enjoy each day. I want to enjoy each day. Yeah. I want to enjoy. The, the part of all this, the excitement of, of putting away the gifts that we have and the excitement of watching Emma kind of see how she experiences each day. And, and uh, I know that my life is completely going to change. So I want to soak up these moments, too, you know, right. and I think if we can do that now, that's just one area that I'm good at. There's plenty of other areas, like you said, where I'm, I'm not so good at that. But if we can do that in all our areas of life, I think that's where we find the most joy and can find it like hey we are living like
1: jesus you yeah. know and that's that patience aspect you know taking it i just want to enjoy this season this moment you know good or bad and that's the word the patience comes in with the trust you know yeah
0: and i think i mean again you i showed you a little bit of this sermon that i was a uh, different sermon i was listening to but he just talks about hey our, our life's a vapor and at the end of the day um life's so risky Uh, None of us are going to make it out, you know, (laughs) and um, and so it's like, hey, wouldn't I rather on on the day that I breathe my last breaths? know that like, man, each day, like I just I enjoyed each day. Yeah, there were challenges. There were tough things. There were times where I had to work harder than other times or whatever, you know, Um, and there was times where things looked uncertain. But at the end of the day, I breathed deeper. I walked slower, you know, which those are all things. That I a Timber Girl, <laughs> <laughs> live <laughs> like you were dying. <laughs> uh, I rode a bowl <laughs> for Manchu for two point seven seconds. <laughs> uh, live like you were dying. <laughs> uh, anyway, but truly
1: <laughs> living that kind of way. Well, Brian, um, anything you have to say? Um, yes, and I just, I just blanked on it, so that's that. Um, I'll say this one last thing that I just really loved and then maybe I'll think of what else I was going to say, but, uh, there at the end, Rick just kind of talked about pain, you know, and like pain is real. Like there's, it's, it's horrible. Um, and he said, you don't act like it's not there. Um, you don't just wish it away. You don't pretend it didn't happen. You don't tell yourself it doesn't hurt when it does you take it out of your hands and you put it into God's hands and you say, it's not mine to deal with. It's yours, God. And he's talked about uh, the image of being in a recliner. And it's just like, I've got all these problems, but I'm just going to pull that lever and put my feet up and, and sit back and I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to God, you know? And like that to me is everything. Cause like, you know, pain is real. And you don't just, you know, you don't act like it doesn't exist, you know, but you put it into God's hands and that's a daily Daily thing, minute-by-minute thing sometimes. It's like, man, this is God. God, I'm hurting. This sucks. But God, will you take it from me? Will you take this from me? And you continue to do that, and God will continue um, to take that. That's what, okay, that's what it reminded me of, what you were just kind of talking about. A sermon or two ago, uh, Rick was talking about centennials, the people over 100, you know? Mm -hmm. And he talked about how there were, like, two things that they said they would have done more. Um, and one was take risks, which I was like, yeah, of course. Cool. Like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Like let's take more risks. Like let's do it, you know? And then another one was reflect. And I was like, that's kind of lame, kind of weird. Like, why would you want (laughs) to like, why would you like, really? You wanted to reflect more like in your life, you know, like what's, what's the point there. And, um, I was watching, we know Brett Bradley. Well, Timmy, you know, Brett really well. Um, Brett Bradley's father, he's Brett's in our church. Brett's, Brett Bradley's father just passed away and Brett sent us his funeral link where Brett spoke. And it was just amazing. It was awesome hearing Brett talk about his dad and about his dad's life. And it was so impactful and it just made me sit there and it just gave me perspective. You know, it gave me such a different perspective. Um And I think that's so important in life to take a step back, to reflect. And when you do that, um, it's going to give you that end, that end goal in mind. And for you to say like, okay, now that I'm thinking about this, like, man, life is too short, you know, like you got to have that perspective in mind. And I think that's why you do reflect, you know, the more you reflect, the more you can have that perspective in your mind to be like, all right, life is too short. There's no time to worry about this. And the worry is only going to eat up my time, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I, I need to live my best life possible and that's trusting God. And when you trust God, it's going to bring you freedom Mm -hmm. and we love freedom as Enneagram seven. That's right. That's yeah. That's what I'm always aiming at. That's good, man. Well,
0: Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for being on here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening today. I hope that uh, you had some fun listening to us go back and forth. This was such a great sermon. If you haven't heard it, go to BethanyNaz.org, and it is in the archives. Or you can check it out at Bethany Naz YouTube page, and uh, you can watch it there. Hope you have a great week as we head into Easter, and um, good Friday. We love you. We'll talk to you soon.